not enough women ask themselves, how does this actually feel for me? Because we're too busy looking outward or we're too busy listening to the, the fear, the ego, the thoughts in our head, instead of actually asking ourselves, how does it feel? I hate the word, yeah. no excuses. It's, it's, I feel like it's damaging. I know the intent behind it. Yeah. I know it's coming from a good place, but I think it, it's teaching somebody not to trust themselves because I've seen people who, maybe I'm going to get flack for this, but who seem addicted to fitness. Yep. And yes, you can perfectly love fitness and do it in a very healthy way. But I see when like they have to do it. And if they miss a day, like they beat the shit out of themselves. Yep. And I see them saying, I had a migraine today, but I went to the gym anyway, hashtag no excuses. And I literally want to scream. It's, it's freeing and it's empowering to get rid of those shoulds. Mm-hmm. And so what I want women to do is when you catch yourself thinking it, be, bring it into your awareness acknowledge just bring it into your awareness because i think sometimes we think it and we're not even aware that we're saying it i am amanda hansen and welcome to the women disrupted podcast i like to use the word disruption to describe a change that displaces or replaces the status quo in this podcast i hope you'll be able to disrupt your thoughts beliefs and maybe even your life I believe that disruption is good, even when it is hard. I will share tidbits of how myself and others have handled disruption, whether we have chosen it or the universe chose it for us. There will be debates on hot topics and stories of women who choose disruption to change their lives and the lives of others. Are you ready for a little disruption? Enjoy the ride. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. Before I introduce today's topic and guest, I want to take a minute to thank all of you who've left a review on the Women Disrupted podcast on Apple um, iTunes. (laughs) I really, really appreciate it. I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing about your takeaways um, and what you get from this podcast because this is just my heart out there for everyone, the things that I'm passionate about, the things that I want to communicate to other women. And it just means so much that you take the time to listen and that you took the time to review. So I'm going to, I'm going to read one of the reviews. Um, and it was left by Amy McLennan, who also has a podcast called InfoQuench. And Amy, thank you so much for a review. She said, Amanda is authentic and has an amazing way of challenging people to think in new ways. Her comfortable dialogue with guests makes you feel like you're just sitting around chatting with friends and the takeaways from each episode are incredibly valuable. Love this podcast. Thank you, Amy. And I also love your podcast. So thank you for taking the time to leave that review. I would appreciate anyone who has enjoyed an episode to go on to Apple iTunes and leave me a review. Um, I like, I like reading them, but the other added benefit is, um, I think it helps with my reach. So if you review and Apple sees that lots of people are listening and reviewing, I think they put it out there for more people. And I mean, that is my goal is so that more women could hear, um, these really important topics and possibly change or impact their life for the better. So anyway, done with that, going to move on to today's episode. 
So today I bring on my friend who's also a Style Insider Academy coach. And so I have a membership called the Style Insider Academy. It's an amazing group of women. And one of these women, Lisa, she has been with me from the start and she just is a natural coach. And I saw that inside the group and her love of, you know, encouraging women and empowering women. And she's just a natural coach. So she is now one of my coaches inside that group. And I brought her on because we, we have some juicy conversations. And this next one is something I think that's really important. So we talk about the importance of disrupting the shoulds in our life. We talk about the struggles of trying not to lose ourselves in doubt in comparison to others in the pursuit of our own goals. And how seeing things like I should do or I should be this is one of the most damaging practices that has been normalized for people to do. We also talk about getting in touch with your body and your instincts that you can train your brain to trust yourself before trusting others' opinions over yours first. And we also discuss how media and historical standards cause you, us to sacrifice our identity or happiness for what others or traditions think is the best way to identify ourselves with or to be happy. So enjoy today's episode. Um, I tried to do this one by myself because I had a bunch of thoughts about it. And it's like, I do so much better when I'm in a conversation. And that is, that's how I structure my episodes. It's not really a workshop style. It's more of like two people, two friends sitting on a couch, having an honest, open, authentic discussion. And so I reached out to Lisa. I'm like, I think we need to talk about this together. And it went so much better than just me spewing all of my thoughts by myself. So enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, today's episode usually don't mention the title of, of the episode in the actual episode, <laughs> but we're going to focus on disrupting the shoulds or the ought tos or the musts, whatever version of should you might say to yourself. And I have my friend Lisa here. Um, her and I had been talking about this I recorded an episode just by myself talking about it and I sent it to her and I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, well, I can just think of like four other ways we can, you know, go off and talk more about this. So I'm like, Lisa, just, just come on the episode with me and let's just have a discussion where I feel like I do better at that anyway, just rambling to myself. There's nobody to like discuss with and then go in a new direction because it's just my rambling thoughts. And so I just, I like talking about it. So thank you, Lisa, for being here. So Lisa is uh, one of my Style Insider coaches inside my Style Insider Academy. And she is a very dear friend. And we like to talk about real shit. <laughs> That's what I love about her. So thank you for being here, Lisa. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so I want to start off saying, you know, I, do, I, I, my background's in research. So I do a little bit of research about the shoulds, right? And the shoulds is actually a one of the common cognitive distortions that therapists help um, people with anxiety with, um, cause it usually contributes to feelings of fear, worry, anxiety, depression. And so, um, the shoulds that we sometimes say to ourselves can just lead to more guilt and more disappointment. And one thing that I've learned is when we take a place of action from feelings of guilt or worry or 
anxiety, we're not going to succeed. We're not going to get the outcome we want. And chances are we're not going to take action because we're probably beating ourselves up over it or feeling guilt. So some common shoulds that I hear are like, I should have more control over myself in so-and-so situation. I should, one of mine is I should be nicer <laughs> or I should go to the gym and not be so lazy. I should eat more salads. I should clean more. I should get over this feeling of fear and just be stronger. So like, it's just a lot of like, I should be this, which is a negative thing. It's a negative thought that we think or feel about ourselves. And to me, that's, that's us disconnecting with ourselves. What do you think, Lisa? For sure. I think, um, it's funny you bring up uh, therapy and all of that. That's definitely where all of this started for me. And, and the story that I tell myself is a lot of shoulds. So the story that I feel like I, I should be living up to or the comparison, I think, is also where that comes from. And that should of, um, well, I should be doing, I should be doing what they're doing or I should be, I should be more assertive or I should be more um, confident or I should be, you know, I should be doing that or I shouldn't be in this job or I should be doing something else. Meanwhile, it's all the stories that you tell yourself from outside perspectives a lot of times. And it's that unknowing of yourself, right? You don't know, you don't, you don't know, or you haven't spent enough time knowing what you actually want because the shoulds take over the actual wants of, of your life. Yeah. And you know, this, when we originally talked about this, what came up was in this time of influence, mm -hmm. of, of influencers. Yeah. And I think it really magnifies it for us. I think it's always Absolutely. there in us, whether there was social media and influencers or influencers are not, but I think definitely is magnified where I think before maybe we idolized athletes, yep. right? Movie stars. stars. Yeah. Um, Oprah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. To these like these big and like bigger than life people that it's like, well, I will never be that person. So it might the shoulds might not hit us so hard because it's like, well, I can't be Oprah. So yeah. yeah. I'm okay. But now we're seeing these everyday women or people yep. or men, whatever, just like us living average lives, seemingly they, they, are they smarter than us? Are they more beautiful than us? Do they have better style than us? Are they eating healthier than us? Yeah. And we're seeing all these things and we just feel like, oh, I'm not doing that or I'm not living like that or I don't look like that. And yep. then those shoulds start. The biggest one you say, like I should, like food and stuff, um, like kale or avocados, how big that is in the world right now. Like, or almonds, like all of these things are things I should be eating. I should be eating these things. I don't like any of those things. They're the last possible thing I want to put on my plate. But I told myself for three years that I should be eating more kale and I should be eating more avocados and I really should be eating more of this or that. And I don't like any of it. So, so the should of it is fantastic. However, I might learn to like some kale things, but it's not something that's going to make my life any better in all honesty and in the grand scheme of things if I eat five cups of kale a day because this doctor on probably Dr. Oz or something stupid like that told me that that's what I should be doing. Well, it's like foods have become a fad. 
Oh, yes. The celery juice. Who the oh hell gosh. wants to drink celery juice? I saw juice. I saw that and I'm like, hell to the no. You don't even want to eat celery and at least then you get some crunchiness. Why do you want to just have the grossest tasting part of it? So bad. And so anyway, I don't Sorry, know that's if we can go further on this. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the gist of it, you know, yep. and let's get a little bit more clear where, um, I would never, I don't like calling myself an influencer, but I've been told that I have influence. <laughs> Who well, told you that? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I have a platform yep. and I like to give my opinion and I like to share and you know, I use my voice cause that's important to me. Yep. And so, you know, some people love me, some people don't. And I'm perfectly okay with that because the people that I want to attract are my people and the people that aren't my people, I don't want them in my space. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, because I have influence, I am still sharing my life, my journey, my lessons. And so because I share about that, if you're influenced by me, you're like, well, Amanda's doing this. So I should do that too. Or Amanda likes this person. So I should like it too. Amanda started a podcast. So I should like every episode. <laughs> that sounds and I, familiar. Yeah. And so I have some amazing women in my life who I've been encouraging them and trying to model speaking your voice. And I've had these wonderful women say to me, you know what, Amanda, I thought I would like it because you did and I don't. And, and yeah. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. It is awesome. You don't like everything that I like and that you are actually able to use your voice and say it out loud. Like that's what I want. And cause really like when, when I started to think about it, I'm like the amount of pressure that would put on me mm -hmm. to have to please everybody who follows me. Impossible. That I have influence on them. I'm like, oh my God, like that, that would stifle me. That would stop me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, it is okay. You do not. And when I share my life, it is never because I do talk. There is no right or wrong way to live. There's no right or wrong way to do style. There's no right or yeah. wrong way to use your voice unless you're an asshole, <laughs> like a racist psychopath, right? Yep. Um, then there might be a wrong way. But in the context of we're all just going to assume we're awesome humans sharing our stories. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, right. Influencers. So when, I share it, when I share what I've learned and what's impacted me, it's just to share so you can either relate to me and get value from it, or you, you might not relate to that particular thing, but that's okay. It is for you to consume and do with what as you will. I never want to share anything in a format that tells people this is the right way to do it and you have to do it this way. I just right. share my experience and that's my voice um, sharing my life, but it doesn't mean it's the right way ever. Unfortunately, we do live in a time where influencers have a power over us and they don't even know it and they don't even like they don't even ask for it in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. you you can honestly say you never asked to be the influence in some of the ways that you are to a lot of people, right? And so with that, unfortunately comes that, that non-questioning perspective of the people who you influence, mm -hmm. where they just, you know, we're used to, I think a lot of times because of the way that we grow up, and I see this as, you know, a very privileged North American, 
to, um, to just blindly follow or to, to not ask enough questions and to be a bit of a sheep um, among a, a very large herd, unfortunately, now with social media. Um, and we don't question, you know, well, she's doing that, but why is she doing that? Or what does that mean if I do that? Or do I even want to? Mm. I, th I think it's the fundamental question that I don't mm. think we ask ourselves enough. Mm. Is that something I want? Is that something that's good for me? Is that something that's going to impact my life in the way that I want it to? And then, like I say, the biggest question is, is that actually something I want? Like, I don't know how many times, um, you know, I come up to those, those, you know, people, it doesn't even have to be an influencer, I guess. I think on that subject, it's, it's in our face more. And because we, you know, we scroll through so much of it, it's, it's hard to, to quiet that. Um, but, you know, every day you come up against people that have an influence in your life. Mm -hmm. And so you automatically by human nature, I think, compare or by socialization, I guess, compare what they're doing and what you're not doing mm -hmm. instead of not comparing because there is no comparison that you can hold because nobody lives the same life that you live. Um, and then we start to tell ourselves that story of, well, they're doing that. Uh, I should be doing that. It comes into, I think, I mean, I would equate it a lot to like women in their careers, particularly. Um, it's very competitive. Um, you know, when you get into corporate careers or anything like that, trying to get ahead, you start comparing yourself to either your male counterparts or female counterparts or, you know, people who may be above you or below you. And then you start telling yourself that story, like, well, I should be doing this in order to get ahead, or I should be doing something a bit more, um, I don't know, a bit more in their face, or I should be talking to more people, or I should be, you know, becoming more prevalent to my manager or things like that. And then you lose yourself in that, um, in, in that story that you try to compare yourself to, or that story that you try to tell for yourself, whether it's your reality or not. A hundred percent. And I'm thinking about my last year, last, the last year I had, that was a rough year. I did lose myself mm. and I got caught up in the shoulds. And my shoulds revolved around business. Like, this is my second year of business. I should be making more money. Right. It's my second year of business. And I, I should have this many clients. Or I should, I should be doing this launch this way because this is the right way. And I'm not doing it that way. So I'm doing it wrong. Right. Last year, I got caught up because so my approach to personal style and style coaching is different than a lot of other personal stylists. And so because I my philosophies, my approach, my pictures, mm -hmm. my outfits are so different than a lot. I was like, I must be doing it wrong. And I got completely lost. I lost myself and I'm a confident person. Like I never really struggled with confidence. I lost it last year. And I was like, what the hell happened? And I got caught up in the shoulds. Yep. And what worked for me to get out of it. And, and so I've, I've, I immediately, like I, I do, those words do not fall into my head. I mean, if they do fall into my head, I easily dismiss it. It's now an indication that I'm now looking outward instead right. of inward. And I've learned that all of my answers are inside. Yep. My body knows, I know what's right. I need to trust myself and that there is no wrong way. And so sometimes right. we're just so afraid of getting it wrong we look outward and we have this discussion in our book club. Yep. Um, some of the girls shared that they research Google 
how much time should I be playing with my child? Right. And, and like, not to like make fun of that. Like that is Google. But it's legitimate. It, we it do is it. legitimate because we're, we're so unsure because it's all of this noise on how, you know, how iPads are evil and screen time is evil and your kids should be playing with, not with plastic, but with wood and, and they should be all playing outside all the time and no video game. Like it's just so much noise and we've lost our own trust in ourselves, our insight, our our intuition. And knowing that what is right for you and what is right for somebody else are completely different. And it does right. not, does somebody's right doesn't negate, no. doesn't make your way wrong. And sometimes I think we think that, oh, their, their, their way looks right. So therefore yeah. mine's different. So it means I'm doing it wrong. And we do it. We do it. I, I like that you bring up the topic of kids. I, I don't personally have children, but I have a lot of friends who do. And a lot of them have new babies. And so I've, I've watched so many moms fight themselves or, or bring themselves to like such a low point because they're told they should be breastfeeding their child. And there are so many physical things around that. And there's so many things that you can't control. And yet, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting your, your instincts as to what should or should not be, you should be doing for the best of your child. Now, I get it. There's a whole other complex in there. That's not just the root of the problem or the root of the question, but there's that aspect where I always say to the friends that I have, I'm always like, okay, but what feels right to you? If this feels right, then yes, you need to get some help and you need to get some insight from some professionals, not the internet, not WebMD, not the 600 books that you think are going to tell you the answers. You need to actually talk to somebody who can see you and hear your actual experience instead of just comparing yourself to the stuff you're reading. And then if you can do it, you can do it. However, if you don't have that in you and you feel like it's too much pressure to do it, your child is not going to die. You humanly have the instincts to keep your child alive and therefore you're going to do it. You're going to find a way to make your way through it. And your shoulds and the, the, the pressure that you're feeling from all of this noise that you hear in your life of the best possible way you know the best possible way. You, in, you instinctively do. We've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years to instinctively be able to bring humans to a state where they can survive on their own. Mm-hmm. And so there's just such a, I don't know, there's just such a frustration for me when we lose that in ourselves because we think that there are so many more professionals in the world or so many more people who know more than we do. But we but they don't, they don't know me. They know their experience of it, but they don't know my experience or my physical body or my life or all of the things that actually impact, impact me on a day to day. And so we lose that ability to just, I, I think we've talked about this too, is kind of drop into yourself and be like, well, wait, does this, does this feel right? Am I actually asking myself how this feels for me? Because there's feeling discomfort due to things that you need to change about yourself but there's feeling discomfort because you just know it's instinctively wrong as well. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Not enough women ask themselves, how does this actually feel for me? Because we're too busy looking outward or we're too busy listening to the the fear, the ego, the thoughts in our head, instead of actually asking ourselves, how does it feel? And so this, once I started doing more work on presence, so I, I work with 
an inner wisdom coach that is reteaching me how to listen to my intuition and actually feel my body and what that actually feels like so I can I can bring more of what I actually want in my life mm -hmm. to get out of my head. And it hit me a few weeks ago when I decided I wanted to, you know, start training for a 5K. And I got this, you know, thought in my head, Amanda, you've been wanting to do this. You know, why don't you run today? And so I went in my body and I was like, how does that feel? Instead of saying, you should go running to Amanda, you've been wanting to do this forever and you haven't been doing it, you need to take action. Instead, mm -hmm. I went and asked my body, well, what would, that, what would it feel like if I ran today? Yeah. What would I actually feel like? Instead of saying I should run today, what would it feel like if I ran today? Yeah. My body was like, yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> right. Excited to run. Instead of feeling guilty or forcing myself yeah. to do something that maybe I really didn't want to do. Yeah. And that's powerful. That's coming from a place of motivation and fun right. and, and connection with yourself rather than like guilt, anxiety, yeah. pressure. Like we are going to be more likely to change any kind of behavior. I mean, we, in order to change behavior, we need to change our beliefs and our perspectives first. Right. But we are going to be more likely to actually act on something when we actually want to do it. Yeah. It's not coming from a place of guilt. And I think that's a powerful tool to be able to do. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the 5K. As soon as you posted about it, I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, I should totally do that. And then I was like, okay, you've done one 5K in your life and you hated it. You hated the, the training to it. You just, you just don't have a body that is meant to run right now. Maybe you will in the future. No, you should not do that. However, I did then say, but you could be doing something else to make yourself happier in ways that are, you know, maybe motivated by what you are doing, which mm -hmm. is a 5k or training for that. Mm -hmm. Cause that makes you feel good. So then maybe it's something else. So maybe I do something that is, you know, what is fun for me. And mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this too, where I, I'm a massive Zumba goer and I love it. And I go to a class two to three times a week when we're not in a pandemic as we <laughs> currently are. The classes that I usually go to are now being moved to Zoom. And I told myself for the first two weeks of pandemic, you should do Zumba. It's your routine. You should do it. You should keep going. And then by the second week, I was like, no, this does not feel good anymore. I hate this. I resent the fact that I have to not only spend my entire day on Zoom meetings because I spend a good mm -hmm. chunk of it for work on Zoom calls, I then need to spend my free time on it. And so I was like, I have a much better way of getting active and doing the things that'll make me feel good than shooting myself into joining a Zoom Zumba class. Yeah, and you, you bringing this up reminds me of something I often hear from the fitness industry is, mm. oh, I really don't want to do this, but she's telling me there's no excuses. Yep. So that means I'm lazy. Right. And then and you the, feel completely unmotivated and de like you, it debilitates you. And the no excuses is teaching you how to not trust yourself. Right. Because you might have a perfectly valid reason to not want to move your body today. Yep. Or like you said, to do Zumba over Zoom because you are on Zoom all day long. Yep. And, and yeah, I hate, those, the, I hate the word yeah. no excuses. It's, it's, I feel like it's damaging. I know the intent it behind it. Yeah. 
I know it's coming from a good place, but I think it, it's teaching somebody not to trust themselves because I've seen people who, maybe I'm going to get flack for this, but who seem addicted to fitness. Yep. And yes, you can perfectly love fitness and do it in a very healthy way. But I see when like they have to do it. And if they miss a day, like they beat the shit out of themselves. Yep. And I see them saying, I had a migraine today, but I went to the gym anyway, hashtag no excuses. And I literally want to scream. Or um, my favorite is push through the pain or push past the pain. Oh. I'm sorry, your body <laughs> it's, it's not meant to response. feel that kind of pain. Yeah. yeah, it's the pain poor... response is to something. Like it, there is a reason you have pain yeah. to push through it. There is some of it. Sure. You know, you got to well, sure, push I... through labor pains. Sure. You got to do it. Like you literally have to do that. So yeah. Okay. However, if I have back issues or if I have hip issues or if I have neck pain or, you know, if I have actual joint pain or muscle issues or nerve problems, pushing past the pain is actually more damaging to myself. And so someone, let's say it's a trainer, for example, is saying, well, you know, you should be working harder because, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to get more physically fit so that you won't have that pain anymore. It's again, you don't know me. You haven't asked me the right questions. I know me. Mm -hmm. I know that this is not a way that my body can move. And yes, your body, my body does not move the same way your body does. And it's not built the same and it's never going to. And to, to start to realize that in, in itself and, and question like, you know, you might be able to do a push up. I may never be able to, even though we both live in human bodies because mm -hmm. I have physically different, different build. And so if you tell me, well, you should be able to do 10 push ups in three months. Okay, sure. <laughs> you can tell me that. And I might be able to do it, but I shouldn't be doing it because of the should, like I, I, mm -hmm. my want to do it or my ability to do it isn't based on the fact that you told me I should be able to. Yeah. It's, it's freeing and it's empowering to get rid of those shoulds. Mm -hmm. And so what I want women to do is when you catch yourself thinking it, be, bring it into your awareness, acknowledge, just bring it into your awareness. Cause I think sometimes we think it and we're not even aware that we're Absolutely. saying it. And so if you catch yourself thinking it or saying it, catch yourself, don't judge yourself, don't beat no. yourself up for doing it, but just bring it into your awareness of what is it, like what is the context? And so ask yourself like, where is that should coming from? Right. Is it actually coming from me? Yep. Or is it coming from the outside, the world, External. comparison, anxiety, fear, whatever? Yep. And then, get used to asking yourself, is this actually what I really want? Right. Okay. I like that somebody's doing a 5k cause I admire that they're moving their body, mm -hmm. but maybe the 5k isn't my route of right. moving my body and what feels good for me. And so like I've run five and 10 K's. I know I like it. Right. And so what's why I started the five cakes is like, I actually like, I like running and I miss it. It brings me joy. It helps me challenge myself. And I like my alone time right. <laughs> while I'm running and I yeah. like to be outdoors. Um, but I'm also a fair weather runner. Like today I wanted to run today, but it's raining out and I don't like to run in the rain. So I didn't run and I did not yep. beat myself up over it. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with um, a friend of mine this week who um, is unfortunately going through a breakup and, and <laughs> we got into this whole conversation around um, 
you know, relationships and the shoulds that we say around them and the comparisons and, you know, we're, we've been friends since we were 12. And so we know a lot about each other and, um, you know, my, my relationship was probably my, I, I say was, it still is, but it was probably one of those ones that people were like, oh, wow you know, it's her first real boyfriend and it's all of this. So there's a comparison there that I know my friend has made. And so she, she said to me, she's like, well, I feel like I should just try it for a little bit longer. And I said, okay, but why, why do you feel that? Like, what do you hope to, to get out of this at the end? Um, Cause you're saying already that there's probably an end to this. You've already realized this. So if you say I should, you know, I should just wait a little longer or I should try a little harder. I said, you might want to. Sure, that's that's something you could do. Um, but what are you hoping to get? You need to answer the question of like, why are you shooting yourself into this? Like, why are you should trying instead of, um, you know, just, just taking it as it might be right now? And um, she's like, well, I feel like I sh- should have a relationship right now or I should. And I said, but it's not good. It's bad. Like it's, you, you've just spent an hour telling me about all the things that are challenging for you. So, you know, you have a lot of questions to answer here in a sense of, you know, you, you might make it better. That's fair. But why would you keep trying? Why would you keep comparing it to somebody else's when it might not be your truth right now? Like it might not be good for you and you're not going to make yourself happier. And, um, I lost where I was going with this. (laughs) Okay. That happens to me all the time. Sorry. It's a long day, I think. So did she, did she have an answer? So anyway, she, she did. So we kept talking we talked in circles. And then of course we started in on talking about all of the other shoulds that we've had in our lives. Um, And she, she did have an answer and she said, no, you're, you're right. I, 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 I don't feel like I want to try anymore because I feel like I've been trying and I've been saying to myself, I should make this work for six months. And it's not. And I said, well, there is your answer. And I said, it's really unfortunate because, you know, it's not, it's not a horrible, like, I don't know, we always think that when you end relationships, they, they can also, they should also be in a bad place. And that's not always the Mm. case. Yeah. And so it's almost like we need, we need a valid reason. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, I just, you don't make me happy. Does, and work? yeah, I mean, you don't, when you think of like, fr- when we do end friendships, it's never like, it never needs to be bad. It's just a matter of you grow apart. You're different people. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's for a good chunk of friendships. That's just how it is. You just grow up or you just kind of separate. But we think of, I think romantic relationships very differently than that because we've been told them and we've seen them in such a romanticized and movie like way our whole lives um, that they, that they should be living up to something that's different than what is actual, actual reality, I think. Yeah. But I think you also hit the nail on the head that we've been taught that we need to have a reason, a valid reason. Yeah. Yeah. And that's who's to say what is actually a valid reason. Like what is good enough reason yeah and a relationship that you are not happy in and that is not yeah. good for you and it's not serving either of you anymore yeah and so you know there's times where 
you know, we're shooting on ourselves. Like, so for me, I, I have one phobia. Well, I'm afraid of cats. I don't know if I would consider a phobia because like I can somewhat deal, but my real phobia is needles. Okay. Oh, but no, there's a fear of cats okay. too. Like okay. I will scream. And I, I attract clients that like cats and I go to their house and their cats jump in front of me and I scream. They love, they love people who hate them. No, like they make me scream. And like, I, I have a physical response, like, like okay. it's going to attack me and I need to protect myself. But I wouldn't call that a phobia. My real phobia is needles. Like I will hyperventilate. I will cry. I will have like a little mini breakdown. Yeah. And so I don't generally shit on myself, but I could. I could say I should get over this fear. And okay, I'll give an example. So I really want to give blood. Right. My good friend, Tiffany, who I'm going to have in this podcast, her son passed away two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, when he was having his surgery, he got so much plasma and blood and she does yearly blood clinic drives now after he's passed to, to help. Mm-hmm. And I'm like all for it. And like my husband is, is taking it for the team. He goes and does it for me instead. <laughs> but I do like, I should get over my fear so that I can do this. Cause I actually do want to, mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that. But in, and, and so if you ever catch yourself thinking I should get over this feel fear, I should do better at it instead, maybe just reframing. Yeah. I think, cause I think we're going to have these shoulds. And to me, as soon as I hear a should, I, for me, it's an indication, like I actually should not do that. Yes. But there's sometimes we're going to should on ourselves and maybe we might actually want to do it, but we're feeling mm-hmm. resistance. So maybe it's just like in a reframe, like I wish I wasn't afraid of needles and I'm trying my best to overcome them. And I'm just going to accept where I am right now. Right. Right now I am not actively working towards it. I have chosen to be on her board of directors instead. That is how I'm doing my part. So I found an alternative instead of shooting and forcing myself to overcome this phobia. And maybe some people are thinking, Amanda, you should overcome this phobia. No, no, I don't. Unless I get diabetes (laughs) or I get really sick where I have to get needles on a regular basis. I am not overcoming this phobia. Fear is irrational. I'm just going to throw that out there too. Oh, I know. Well, that's why it's a phobia because it is yeah. irrational. <laughs> yeah. So getting over it is a little more challenging than you're shooting on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. There, you know, there's there, that reframe is the key. And, it, and I think that's what, you know, you want to really put the focus on is instead of those shoulds is the reframe of Mm -hmm. asking yourself those questions or, or, or saying, you know, this isn't right for me now. So this should, um, may not even be a want. Um, it might not just be right, might not be right. So like you and your needles right now is not the right time for this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work that needs to go in to get you over this phobia (laughs) if you ever do. And so you should not feel, I use the should, I know I've used that a lot. Um, but there is no need for you to feel any less because you can't get over this should either. And I think that's the other feelings that we, we try to attach to the shoulds is, you know, we feel less or we feel like we're not enough in some cases, maybe because we can't get, get past those shoulds or we're not able to reframe some of those shoulds. And, and that's not the case. It's a matter of, you know, you got to start small. So start with the I should run a 5k. Well, does that feel right for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's all you have to start with. And it's not going to cover all the shoulds in your life, but you know, 
I think it's like you say, bringing presence to those and bringing yourself and your awareness to, to how many of them you do should. And I think just knowing really deep down, there is no right or wrong way to do anything. There is no perfection. And I think a lot of us, I, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I have had to do a lot of work Mm -hmm. to let go of that. And even, even with a lot of the work that I've done when I'm on high stress, Sometimes my default is to some of my perfectionist ways, but the biggest way I've, I've like moved myself even past that now, it is not my default, um, is having just more presence and trusting myself and knowing that I will never steer myself wrong. And I always have the right answers. Even if it's a mistake, I know I will learn from it and it'll just get me closer to growth or whatever it is I want to do. So yeah, get present. Get present with yourself and trust yourself. And I know it's not easy. I know that sounds easier, you know, it's said than done, but you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. It starts as easily as like taking a deep breath. That's presence in yourself because a lot of us forget how to do that. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um... I did have one thing. I think it ties into this too. It was one of those things... um, we, you were touching on it, but I have, I had written down as I was thinking about this was that, you, you know, all of the, the shoulds or the coulds or whatever you want to, I don't know that any of those come from a place of love for yourself too. Mm-hmm. So with that presence, you also need to tie into, you know, honoring yourself and what you actually want to treat yourself nicely with, mm-hmm. um, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in all those things that you compare to and you're not actually treating yourself um, to be your best or treating yourself in ways that you're honoring um, that or loving yourself. I think that's extremely good point because, you know, I think I like to think most things that I do, it does come from a place of love towards myself. And when I take action with always the intent of love towards myself, I can more easily express that love and act more love towards others. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because then you also don't should on other people. If right. you're trying to come oh from God. a place I was of love for worst. yourself. I was the worst. So like when I was a perfectionist, I had such high standards of myself and I, I was like so critical and it doesn't mean it still doesn't rear its head yeah. and my poor, poor husband <laughs> My poor husband, and, and this, this is like me acknowledging my own shit. So like, if I was to just give him feedback, like if he did something and I was like, hey, honey, you know, okay, I'm trying to reduce the amount of plastic we use in our house. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to, you know, reduce our consumption. And that is really important to me. So like, I'm an injustice fighter. So like, once I'm like, I want to do something that I think is right, I am like all on it and I'm quick to action where my husband is a little bit slower. Like he wants to do these things, but he will still use plastic wrap when I've provided an alternative. Yeah. So when I'm like, Hey honey, you know, like I got this, can, can we use this so-and-so instead of the plastic wrap? And so he would often just go on this, like get so defensive. And I'm like, I'm not criticizing you. I'm not beating you up for it. Where is this coming from? And he's like, 
I'm sorry, it's an instinct because you have been so critical of me in the past. I automatically go into defensive mode and I'm like, yeah, that's my, that like, fuck, like that's my problem. Like that's my shit. Yeah. Not his shit. Yeah. So there was a lot of owning up on, you know, I've been aware of it. So I'm trying to, I've tried to work really hard on it. And it's like, it's, it's because I've worked on myself and I'm trusting myself more. Mm -hmm. I don't give a crap. I mean, I'm still can be a backseat driver because I'm also highly efficient. Efficiency is very important to my personality type. And so my brain can quickly find efficiencies. Yep. My husband, not so much. Not so much. So sometimes I have to just be like, Amanda, like your way isn't the right way. Just because it's more yep. efficient doesn't mean it's the right way. And so I'm working on keeping my mouth shut. I don't know how this has to do with the shoulds. I don't know how we got here. But you're shooting, you're, sh you're, oh, you're placing, you're should. Yeah. You're placing yes, the should for yourself on someone else. Oh, no, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was I on topic. You were, I was totally, cause I'm laughing at you because I have said so much of the same time, the same, not the, not the same topic, but of the same things. Um, and I have a really hard time. I did um, before I started to pay actual attention to it. A hard time not being busy or not being on the go or like just kind of sitting and not, yeah, and not feeling like I should be doing something else. I had a really hard time for, with that for very many years. And it comes from, I came from like a busy household. And so there was a lot going on and I just didn't know how to, to sit and sitting with myself is very terrifying or used to be very terrifying. Mm -hmm. Cause once I'm in my head, it's a scary place to be. And so I would always, you know, be like in the kitchen or I'd be trying to do something or I'd be, you know, doing all these things that didn't necessarily need to be done, but they would be busy. And I know this is probably a common story for a lot of relationships um, where the other partner um, would be sitting on the couch and do nothing and relaxing and, you know, watching TV or, you know, playing some video games or something. And I would get so angry to be like, but I'm doing all of this stuff. This isn't fair. I don't understand. I'm doing all this stuff. You should be doing something. You should also be busy when I'm busy. Or the opposite of that is like, you know, I am sitting when he's not home. I'm in the house. I'm just relaxing. And then as soon as I hear the car, I'm like, oh, I should have been doing something else throughout this entire time that he was not in the house. I should have been cleaning the toilets or doing the dishes in the sink or doing laundry or, you know, doing anything but sitting here relaxing. And so once you start putting that on your partner, though, there is, there's like a, there, you know, you, you start to get conflict because mm -hmm. what they do and what you do don't have to be the same and how you yeah. do things and how they do things don't have to be the same. Yeah. But if you start putting your shoulds that you should on yourself on them, it becomes very terrifying and toxic. And you know, Oh yeah. I literally thought that my way was the right way. Yeah. What do you mean? My way is the right way in our house. Well, I don't know I'm often <laughs> the right one. And my husband admits it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But when you're certain of it and it's not, it's kind of hard to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that you, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of women that struggle with that whole productivity and having to right. earn, earn relaxation, earn time to themselves by how productive they are and that it actually like means something because they've achieved a lot or they've been super yep. productive. And so um, that's something I think when the pandemic hit, a lot right. of people were faced with that reality and like, Oh, 
oh, I, I found my identity in what I, what I did and how productive right. I was. And now I can't be productive. I can't do my job, you know, or I can't leave the house and do all of these errands. And so now what is my identity? Yep. Right. And it's, and it's a shift. And, and that's something that I've seen a few women, I'm not saying men don't feel this, but I can't speak for men because I'm a woman and I interact with a lot of women. And, you know, I saw the like, wow, I, you know, a lot of them admitted that it was a wake up call mm-hmm. to them. We're like, I'm actually sitting and doing less and wow, it was really uncomfortable at first, yep. but it's, it's a good thing. And it's that one time they started to tune into themselves mm-hmm. instead of thinking about not just what they're doing now, but what they should be doing next. And I think they could only focus on what they're doing now because the should they do next didn't exist. Like there was no, you know, way to get out to grocery stores or there was no focus on like the 800 tasks. Cause you know what, you can only clean your house so many times in a matter of three months. Like it only happens. And I think that's where that uncomfortableness comes from is that one you're forced into it and everybody was forced into it, which is the unfortunate part. But you know, there is going to be I don't know, I sound like my mother here, but you know, from this horrible stuff, there's going to be good that comes from it. And I think, and I hope that that is one of those goods is that, you know, a lot of us and women in particular, because I'm the same, I interact with a lot of, of females and a lot of the conversations I have are there, um, that, you know, we start to, to honor ourselves in a better way that isn't always focused on the 800 things on our list of things that we, you know, could be doing instead of what we're actually doing right now that's the trap that I fell into last year on that path of unhappiness um, was I was so focused on the end goal yep. and doing the right thing to get there that I was not even aware of what I had accomplished to that point. I couldn't even be happy with what I did that day. I was never happy. I could never be happy because I was always chasing the next thing, the next thing to achieve because I thought, you know, this, this number or certain achievements or certain status meant that I was successful or a worthy human being where now I've learned is I am already worthy. I don't have to earn a damn thing and I don't have to do a damn thing to earn it. I am already worthy. I'm already good exactly where I'm at. And yep. tomorrow is going to be a new day and we'll just see what happens. Yep. <laughs> like I don't have to do anything tomorrow. Yeah. I just wake up tomorrow and ask myself, what is it that I need to do or want to do today? And I will do it. And that's that. Like, I don't have goals this year. My only goals was my two words of the year, simplify and joy. So everything I decided to do, I wanted it to come from a place of joy or how does it simplify my life more? And this year, other than all the pretty much the world burning down around me, I've been feeling really good. Yeah. Internally, I've been feeling good with me. Yeah. I'm not feeling good with all of the the shitty things that are happening in the world, but I feel good with me, if that makes sense. And that's what, but that's what you can, you have control over that and not control control. in a sense of put, yeah, like you have control over that, not in a sense of putting it in a box and controlling, but Mm -hmm. you can monitor what that actually is. It's funny. I, I had this written down too, and I totally just forgot about it until you said that, um, about the plans and the goals and stuff. And I've never been a person who's thought a year in advance. Like, I don't think that way. I just never have. It's not inherent in me. And when my husband and I were, my now husband, when we were first dating, um, we sat down one night and he's like, well, I just really like to look at, you know, a five-year plan. And I was like, 
um, that's a really long time in the future. I don't know. He's like, well, you must have ideas. And I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. So I don't know how I can plan for five years. And he's like, well, okay, what are the things you want in five years? And I was like, oh, well, that's a different question. Then. Mm. That's a different question than saying like, where do I see myself or where should I be mm-hmm. in five years? Mm-hmm. What do I want? Well, you know, those are simple things. I want to have a job. I'd like to have a house. I'd like to be financially independent and I'd like to have some friends. I'm pretty happy with those things. And yeah. those things will will shoot me forward in whatever way it does. And so it's just, when you say like, yeah. this, and I'm not, don't and have, I'm not saying like it isn't good to have goals. No. So like I, there's, I know there's certain things that I want and that are important to me and being aware of that will help make all these small decisions that I do make along the way, get me closer to that. But I can't put like a number on it. Like I cannot say it's going to happen a year from now. And I can't say I'm going to make this money for some people that might work for them. Yep. I have absolutely. It does not work for me because it doesn't motivate me because I'm already a highly motivated person. Mm -hmm. So you put like deadlines and numbers on it. Then I'm like, I'm the rebel. Like I want to just resist. (laughs) And it's just, I feel to me at that point, it feels forced. And I want to just trust that I will get me where I need to go. Um, But I also, I've learned to highly trust myself. And I do know that I am a highly motivated person. And I do know like I am privileged because I do have a high energy Mm -hmm. and I like to be uncomfortable. And so all of those things, just me naturally being me helps move me forward without having to have a goal. And I recognize that not everybody has my energy. Not everybody has internal motivation. I'm highly internally motivated. Some people are made to be externally Externally, motivated. Absolutely. And that's perfectly okay. And their process is going to look different and what they need to get them there is going to look different. But what the realization for me was, is like, let's talk business-wise, because that's where I struggled, was you will 4X your business in three months. And I'm like, all I see is pressure, 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 pressure. And I'm like, that actually is like, I don't want you to help me because that is actually not what I want. The idea of 4Xing my business in like three months or a year makes me think, I probably don't want to run that business. (laughs) What I have to do to probably run a million dollar business is probably not a business I actually want to run. And that's what I had come to realization is, maybe I can run a million dollar business and still live the life that I want to live or have the business I want. That is is absolutely possible, especially um, those who believe in manifestation, law of attraction, and you know, our thoughts and our beliefs will guide us to get there. But to have a million dollar business, and I like right now, this just doesn't sound appealing to me because it's like, well, I probably need to hire people to help. And I don't really want to manage people right now. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't. So, so that's, it's like, Hey, I actually don't want a million dollar business right now because I don't want to manage other people right now. That, that might change, but right now I don't. And so that's what guides me in what kind of business that I want to create for my life. And it, it comes from, it comes from exactly what you've talked about, which is, you know, getting in touch with what you actually want to do right now and what, you know, not necessarily what you see other people around you doing or what you're influenced by when you look at people who are running similar businesses and things like that. It's a matter of what's working for you right now and where you are. Yeah. And I just, the more you can trust yourself 
the less those people, those shoulds will filter in. Those influencers, you'll get from them what you want, but you're not going to feel forced. It's not going to come right. from an act of comparison and feeling like you're, com- you're, you're short. Yeah. So the more you can get present, the more you can get clear on actually what you want and how you want to feel, the more um, or the less those shoulds will run your life. Yeah. And the less guilt and the more love that you, like the less guilt you let in and the more love that you actually present to yourself, I think are key there too. Well, I think this is a good place to end it. I hope so. (laughs) I love this talk. Let's do these talks all the time. (laughs) Oh gosh. You're, you're going to probably be on the podcast again, Lisa. (laughs) Another topic. (laughs) Pick it. And I guarantee you, I have an opinion on it. Okay. That's what (laughs) I love about you. Okay. Thank you for joining me and totally being up to talk about this. And I hope everybody, we rambled a bit. We went off a few sidetracks, but I hope you got something from this. You got any kind of lesson from this. um, And I hope you enjoyed it. So thanks everybody. Bye. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to the Women Disrupted podcast. Make sure you check out the show notes for any additional information or links about today's episode or guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, then hit the subscribe button and make sure you get all the latest episodes. Also, if you feel that anyone could benefit from this episode, then please share it or give it a review. The Women Disrupted podcast is sponsored by Simply Stylish Inc. and produced by James Higgins Productions. Stay disrupted, ladies.